0: In this episode, I'm hanging out with Tyler Henderson of Seller Labs, and we're talking about driving sales and growing your business on Amazon. You're listening to the Amazon Private Labeler Show podcast, hosted by seven-figure e-commerce seller and digital entrepreneur, Nick Landowski. This is the show to get the tips and strategies to take your business to the next level. So strap in and get ready, because it's time to escape the rat race and build your own e-commerce empire. Let's do this. Hey hey, everybody! What's going on? Welcome to episode number 117 of the Private Labeler Show. Thanks for tuning in. I saved you a seat, as always. Thank you so much for the support and the love of the podcast is beginning. Thank you for all the reviews and all this and that. So you guys are awesome. Um, for everybody out there making it happen, getting after it, grinding, making all sorts of progress, and just driving the sales, I salute you. Don't work too hard, though. I, I do have a little bit of advice. Um, you know, sometimes it's actually more important to kind of get away from things for a while, to close the laptop up, to maybe get outside and go enjoy life and enjoy nature or whatever it is that you do. So um, speaking of that, I actually, I had like this huge list of things that I needed to get done recently the other day and, uh, you know, I was ready to work at it. But then mentally I was just like, man, I'm just spent. So what I actually decided to do is call an audible. And I took basically the, almost the entire day off from working and i did things like I went on like a long run, and I went fishing, and I got sunburned, and it was hot out, and I didn't catch anything, but you know what? It was awesome, just because I I you know needed kind of the mental break to get away from things. But um, you know, if you if you guys have been working extra hard lately, maybe treat yourself to a full day off. Go do something fun with your friends and your family. Go get outside, like go outside, get away from the screens. I don't know about you guys, but man, my eyes are just wrecked sometimes looking at screens so much. So you know, life is. Short as we all know, and sometimes you just have to stop, pause, look around, and just enjoy kind of uh, enjoy the moment and all that good stuff. So that's just kind of my little bit of advice to you, all you guys working your butts off out there. Okay, so in a minute, I'm gonna play an awesome conversation and interview that I recently did with my friend Tyler Henderson of Seller Labs. Now Tyler has been in the game for quite a while now. Super super knowledgeable guy with all things Amazon. And not only is Tyler a seller himself, he also works with a lot of other businesses and brands to help grow. And in this conversation, we're going to cover a wide range of topics. Tyler's going to talk about like the current state of Amazon, listing optimization, Uh, pay-per-click. We talk about a lot of things. So we even get into like building your brand through messaging. And as mentioned, he works for Seller Labs. And if you guys aren't familiar with Seller Labs, they have a ton of awesome tools and services that brands and businesses can use to grow and kind of run your business. And some of you guys actually listening right now probably use some of their tools, which is great. So Tyler has very graciously offered you guys, the listeners, a 15% off discount on their uh, on their software. So go check out sellerlabs.com forward slash PL show. That's sellerlabs.com forward slash PL show. And at the checkout, you'll see a box to put a code. If you just drop the code PL show. You should activate the discount, okay? So as always, make sure you guys check out after the episode is over, go check out the show notes in case you miss anything or whatever, but all links and all information will be in there for your reference, but go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 117, okay? As mentioned, all the good information will be in there, a full breakdown of the episode. So all right, that about does it. Let's get into my conversation with Tyler. Hey, everyone. I would like to introduce you and welcome Tyler Henderson of Seller Labs to the show. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So for everybody that's not familiar with who you are, what you're all about, could you just kind of give us the uh, the once over? Like, How'd you get involved in this crazy world of Amazon and e-commerce
1: and just everything related? Totally. Yeah. So Uh, My role is I'm a partnerships director at Seller Labs. So my job is being a liaison to the community. So coming out, talking with great people like Nick, going to trade shows and speaking at events, Uh, just basically knowing the Amazon space and interpreting that internally to our team and then also being able to communicate with sellers and with influencers in the space and just like really living in the Amazon space is my role. Um, So I've been with Seller Labs for about, four years now and, you know, just kind of expanded into this role and, and and really enjoy being able to get out into the community and speak and learn and really understand what sellers are doing and, and help cultivate uh, their businesses and help help them build up and continue growing their businesses. Awesome. So you are all
0: in this world here, um, very hands-on. I know we were talking before. I forget if I asked you this
1: or not, but you're currently an Amazon seller as well, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm a seller as well. There are a couple people on our team who do it, but, you know, for me, it's just, My my goal is in being an Amazon seller is of course like to to understand the the problems that sellers have and the needs that they have, and so that when I'm you know out talking to you and telling you what works and what doesn't work, you know that I'm coming from a place of having done it myself. You know, in addition to talking to you know hundreds of sellers weekly.
0: Yeah, I love that definitely. Um, You know, I ask this quite. I talk about this quite a bit on my podcast to the audience, and I'm always curious to hear other people's perspectives on this, but you've been in this game a little while, you've, you've seen some things and, you know, helped a lot of people, but it's 2019 and, and no doubt over the past handful of years, um, Amazon as a platform has changed dramatically from like a seller's point of view. Um, yeah. What would you say the, the top brands and the top sellers are doing in 2019 that really not all, maybe, maybe some of the other sellers that are struggling aren't doing. So like, what's the difference in your opinion?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think that we could spend, you know, uh, a whole week talking about that. Honestly, (laughs) that's such a, like, that's such an interesting and intricate question. Like, um, I think that like from like the most broad answer, which might even sound a little bit like a cop out, but I, I promise you it's not. Um, it's continuing to innovate is like such a big thing. Um, if you are trying to run your Amazon business in the same way that you were in, you know, 2015 when I started, or, you know, I don't know, I don't know even when you started Nick, but if you're trying to run the business even six months ago, a year ago, if you're trying to run your business on the same uh, ideas that you were doing back then, the same strategies that we we're doing back then, you're not gonna continue to succeed. You have to continue to innovate and keep up with what's going on in the space if you wanna do that. And I think the most recent wrinkle on that is really just you have to take what, what what a lot of people you you used to be able to come in and um know a little bit about Amazon and know kind of what moves the flywheel and be able to make it work um, and be able to potentially start a, a pretty good business off of it. But now I think what a lot of people and brands that are succeeding today have found out is it takes a lot more than that. You have to have like I, I've, I've described it as your masters in Amazon at this point, right? You have to like have that built-in knowledge that you're, either hiring people or you're learning yourself or you're dedicated to continue learning. And you have to honestly have great business acumen and, and proficiencies in those things that are, um, that are more traditionally, you know, weren't traditionally thought of as Amazon seller businesses. You have to be able to run your business like a business if you want to continue to succeed.
0: Yeah, it's a great answer. Treat it like a business and uh, good things will happen. So I think you know, a lot of times people will dabble in the space and then they'll say, oh, this didn't work or this doesn't work. And then they go on right. to the next thing, right? Because they didn't really treat it or give it a fair shake. So I think that's just some good insight there for the audience. Just, you know, so you know what it takes in 2019 Amazon. So yeah, I've I've been in this space a, a while and, you know, 2014, I think, started roughly on Amazon. And uh, yeah, it's just changed dramatically. So for the audience out there, yeah, this is the real deal. And if, if you treat it as a business, you can make, making you know, a good living from it. So, um, what I want to yeah. do now, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I
1: was gonna say, yeah. And to that end, like, I think that, that like, if you want a little bit more of like a, a deep dive into to what that takes, it's the focus on building brands, right? Where you're focused on not just white labeling your own product, a private, private quote, unquote, private labeling, uh, your own product. It's, it's focusing on, taking that product that you found that does well and building a brand around it. And then everything that kind of comes into play with that when it's advertising, it's, you know, brand, you know, getting your enhanced brand content, all of those things are the things like you can really take a step. And then having an ASIN specific strategy around those products and those brands uh, to then, that's going to be what takes you to the next level in 2019 and going forward from my point of view.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So let's dive into some meat and potatoes, some fun stuff. So we're yeah. going to talk. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is like listing optimization, um, kind of dive into that a little bit. I know that's one of your areas of expertise. So, yeah, um, you know, I often hear it get thrown around in the community a lot by quote unquote gurus or whoever, just thought leaders. People will say, oh, you need to have an optimized listing. You know, you mm-hmm. always hear that thrown around and it sounds great, right? Like, okay, cool. Well, what does that really actually mean from like a 30,000 foot view to a seller that's maybe just kind of getting their feet wet with all this?
1: Yeah, so there's there's a, a ton of important things and we could, could kind of get into the minutia of like what how many characters you can have in which places and, you know, kind of we could go back and forth all day about whether the title is more important than the bullet points or the bullet points are more important than the description or any of those kind of things. But I think that the thing that people overlook the most and from my point of view and what I always stress to people when I'm talking about listing optimizations, whether it's on podcasts or the stage or just for you in person, if it was just you and I sitting down and having a conversation, the most important thing to me is having a listing that actually converts. So that's having – being optimized in such a way that when people are being driven to your page, whether it's through organic search or you've optimized around keywords and so you're starting to show up or you're spending ads or you're driving off of you know click funnels or any of these other things – That they, when they land on your page, they want to actually go through and purchase the product. That's what having an optimized listing means to me. And all of those things kind of take part in part, you know, take in part of it. But having an optimized listing to me is having a listing that actually converts. Okay. Okay.
0: Very cool. So let's dissect that. Um, Let's talk quickly about titles. Okay. So, yeah, titles obviously extremely important uh, for a lot of different reasons. But what would your advice be? Or a few tips that you could kind of relay to the audience here, that they would want to make sure that you know different tips and different strategies or ideas to have a great title.
1: Yeah, so um, title is obviously extremely important, right? You want to you want to keep it meaningful to the the audience who's looking at it, and you want to keep your brand title at the front. And Amazon has all these guidelines available for you on like how they suggest you structure it. And I do expect I do uh, suggest that you stick to those, with having your brand at the front. And then moving on from that, like have that, have that main thing after your actual product name and brand, have it be the keyword phrase that you most care about. And that's like, you know, Amazon does a great job of parsing it from all these different places. But my suggestion is uh, use that. That's prime real estate. You want to make sure that you uh, are able to focus in on the keyword, that keyword phrase. And you don't want to put, 15 different keyword phrases that you want to rank for in that top title. You don't want to have a overstuffed listing, but have the like one to two keyword phrases that you really, really care about, uh, based on your research and have those in the title as well.
0: Okay, great. So keyword stuffing, not good. We want to kind of, what is it to kind of blend it with like a fine balance of like the relevant phrase, um, a little bit of, uh, you know, other keywords in there, but, I see sometimes people talk about to kind of blend it with like maybe a quick benefit or two. You can kind of totally find
1: like a balance there, right? Like it's, it's kind
0: of like an art if you will.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's really the key. And, you know, and a lot, a lot of what I, what I teach and the things that are important to me is like understanding who is searching for and buying your products as well. Um, you know, I like, I like the concept of building personas around the, for all my products I've built personas or, um, I, they, they pe- different people call them different things. Like having like a I, I write out like actual, like, here's, here's who's buying this. It's, uh, Shelly, Shelly is 18 to 24 years old. Here's how she talks about products. Here's how she searches products. Here are the things that she likes and doesn't like. Right. And I build out this persona so that anytime I'm writing, whether it's a title or bullet points or any kind of listing optimization, doing any kind of listing optimization, list. Optim- list, list optimization, uh, I'm writing to those personas.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I haven't really heard many people talk about it in those terms there. So that's for the audience there for the listeners. Yeah. Kind of developing a, a a breakdown of who is your actual customer that you're trying to communicate with. Correct. Like that's what we're really going after.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean the, the, you know, you can't be everything to everyone all the time. Right. And honestly, that's like a, a bit more of an advanced tactic. So if you're just kind of uh, done some research and you're bringing a product to market, you might not know the answer to that fully, but you know, that's why you have to kind of test and experiment and try to find that. Um, and you can do that in some more subtle ways. You know, Facebook advertising is a great way to do that. Um, again, like changing your, your bullet points or your, um, your descriptions, another great way to do that. Um, even your own website, if you're, if you're doing that, that's a, those are all great ways to kind of start to figure that out as well.
0: Excellent. So you mentioned bullet points. Let's just kind of go down the down the um, yeah. line here. So bullet points, uh, obviously, extremely important. You know, we're always taught to kind of lead with benefits uh, mm-hmm. about the product instead of just kind of giving a, a dry rundown of all the features totally. of the product. So benefit, you know, leading with benefits. I don't think that that's. I, I think that's good advice. I don't think that that's changed much
1: recently. But, no. Yeah, um, I would agree.
0: You know, what what are some some hot tips for somebody listening to make sure that they have dynamite bullet points?
1: Yeah. So, um, look at your competitors, see what people, see what questions people are asking, right? If, if you've taken any kind of sales class, then you, then you know that like one of the keys to, to sales is you want to answer questions before people ask them. And so if you can do that, if you, if you look at competitors and see what kind of questions people are asking and answer those in your bullet points or see what people are talking about over and over again in their, uh, reviews, that's going to help you say, oh, people are really keying in on this thing. Like they've meant this, this has been mentioned four times in, in all their my competitors' reviews, or this has been mentioned five times in the reviews. Oh, there's always a question on this. Oh, how how comfortable is the bike seat? There's always something about that. Then I need to make sure that's one of the first things I talk about, because obviously people care about it.
0: Excellent. So yeah, I always, I always tell my audience, some listeners, like there's so much, there's a treasure trove of information yeah. for research directly on Amazon. Like that's where you can get all the nuggets about what you're trying to do. Like uh what was it? In the, you mentioned the reviews, but there's the question section and who knows what yeah. else, but there's so much good stuff there. And that's too, where you can find out what they care about and how they talk, the lingo that they use, the words totally. that they use that's just great product research before we even launch a product really as well. But crafting totally. a listing, yeah, you
1: should be using all that information to speak directly to that customer, correct? Absolutely. And if you want to start building out a persona like I was talking about before, that's a great place to do it. Like you, you can start to see like the phrases they use that you would have never thought to like use yourself. You know, it's it's a really cool way to start to be able to do that as well. Excellent. So, you
0: know... Product descriptions. I I want to spend just a a minute on that. I feel Mm -hmm. like this is an often overlooked area. Everybody focuses on title bullets. And I I feel like the product description doesn't really get a lot of love Uh, just, you know, in the community. I don't know why, but um, what, what are, uh, what are sellers missing if they don't really put a lot of emphasis out on the product description? Like, should we really be paying a lot of attention to it, making sure that we're, uh, you know, crafting a, a great product listing?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just kind of if you're just kind of shoving keywords in there and not really paying attention to it, you're probably you're missing out on an opportunity to continue to build your brand and your brand voice, right? Um, if you're trying to if you're trying to build that kind of thing, then that's a great place to do that and to develop. You know, uh, I don't know the I can't I don't know any of the statistics behind what percentage of people view those page view, like view that down far down on the page, but I think it is something that is extremely important. Um, Just because it is added space for not only keywords, but developing that brand voice um, and continuing to, like, highlight those things. So if you're just, like, throwing keywords in there and it doesn't say anything more, it doesn't tell anything more about your product, then, you know, chances are people want to learn more about your product there. They're not going to be able to.
0: You know, and actually, depending upon how the customer is viewing mm-hmm. um, a listing. So if they're on yeah. mobile, as an example, I don't know what it right. is, is like today, but I know in recent... Um the product description's actually shown kind of high there and it shows like a yeah. portion of it. So I think it's like your first few sentences of your product description are actually really, really important to make sure that it sells well and it sounds Very good true. because the customer's gonna see that if they're scrolling on mobile. So um that's often overlooked. So yeah, your first I don't know how many
1: characters it is. Yeah. But and it, that brings up a great point. You know, when you're talking about listing optimization you want to make sure that you're you're optimized on more than just just the web. Like we get so focused, I think sellers get so focused so easily on oh well, it's the web the web experience. But focusing on like seeing what your photos look like on your uh, phone and being able to like look at that is is extremely important. Excellent, excellent. So let's uh,
0: let's talk about quickly about like enhanced brand content. So you, meant, you mentioned like telling your brand story and things like that. Um, how many sellers do you work with, or do you see that are actually using enhanced brand content? Like, what should we be doing if we decide to kind of go that route?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question, and I think that number is is growing on a daily basis of people who who not only have access to, but are are wanting access to the the contents that are gated by enhanced brand content, um, and and brand sorry that are gated by brand registration, and you know have brand. Uh, enhanced brand content. You know, I think the important thing is, again, it's 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 knowing who your customer is and what they care about, right? It's it's understanding, you know, what kind of photos is going to are are going to speak to your customers or potential customers and having them there, right? Like if you're obviously if you're selling something in the sporting goods uh, that's like an outdoors item, you want to have pe- uh, people selling the lifestyle that they're going to have. And you want people outside using your product and you want to really invest in the photos in the, you know, the copy that you're writing and and able to include there, because that's, that's a great example of how Amazon's really been able to, to change the game as far as looking at descriptions, right? If you can put compelling content there, then it's going to really help you.
0: Excellent. Now, what are your thoughts about video? So video, I think, what the past year or so they've been kind of dabbling with that on the listings. Uh, you know, if you're like brand registered, you can get access to this now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in the past it was just kind of like a handful of select people had it, but mm-hmm. uh, what are you seeing sellers doing with video that are, that's helping them drive sales and conversions?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't have a ton of information. I just want to be completely honest with you on, on the, on the video front. I don't, uh, that's something I should probably ask around about a bit more, but I, I don't really have any great answers for you on that one, unfortunately. Okay. So I just want to be completely honest and don't want to, don't want to take you guys for a ride on that one. Okay. Yeah. Just being on all
0: honesty, I just thought I, w- I was curious there. Cause, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't quite dabbled into that yet myself and it's kind of yeah, on, that's, on the list just to experiment with. So
1: yeah, that's, that's something that I, I haven't really dabbled in myself personally. And, um, you know, I, I am sure I know some people who have been doing it and I've seen some really cool stuff got, done as well, but Um, you know, as far as like who's seeing success with it and who's not like, again, it's one of those things that if you're going to do it, do it right. And invest the money to, to see the good results from it. Don't, don't just like throw a video up yourself off your iPhone would be my, my preference there.
0: You you know what it is? It's like not, not that many listings have video. So Mm -hmm. even me as a customer, when I'm kind of browsing for my own personal stuff, and I see listings that have video. I'm like, "Ooh, what am I going to do?" I'm naturally going to click because I'm like curious, right? Because totally, you know, yeah, it's not something you see all the time. And uh, you know, all the videos that I've seen, I know they've been very professionally done. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously, that draws me in. So if it's like a 60 second video, and they're kind yeah. of hitting on all the points. Man, I'm 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 pretty kind of committed to that product at that point. The way I the way I see it, you know, so I think that could totally. be depending upon what you're selling. I think it could be a game changer. So right, yeah,
1: anything that's like a lifestyle kind of product um, it's definitely going to be beneficial for, there are some, like you said that like maybe not so much, but, um, anything, anything that you, um, are trying to sell for a a lifestyle kind of product, outdoors product, home goods kind of product, I think could be very beneficial.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So obviously, uh, transitioning to keywords now, you know, everybody talks all about keywords, got to make sure you have the right ones, the relevant ones, the high traffic ones, you know, that, that, you know, keywords are obviously like the lifeblood Mm -hmm. listing. You know, you could have a fantastic listing. You could have great images. You could have the best product in the world, but if nobody can find you in search, it doesn't matter. Right. So, um, what, what are some great ways to find excellent keywords or awesome keywords without all the software programs? So how could somebody pull, you know, uh, some of the top keywords for their listings without even using software? How could they do that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, obviously I am biased, like you said, because we have a software tool to help you do this. But I think that I think that often overlooked or there are a ton of great ways. Um, and I even talk about that when I'm uh, presenting on stage is is uh, there, there are ways that you can do it for free. And oftentimes, like the words that you're going to get from just doing the manual research or having someone do the manual research for you, those are going to be the things that help push you over the edge as far as conversion goes. So it's worth doing that exercise for. And that's doing the, just the things that we've kind of already mentioned a little bit earlier, right? Which is actually looking at reviews, seeing and how seeing how people talked, seeing phrases that are using over and over again, even, you know, looking at the reviews, looking at the questions, looking at, uh, blogs. I, I, I'll even go in like off Amazon and look at blogs, to see what people who are blogging about my kind of topics are talking, how they talk, how they address their audience. And if you can like begin to craft a voice that addresses them in the same way, um, you might see some results.
0: Excellent. You know, I actually find a lot of them too, through like uh, PPC data. So yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. Like, Man, I never even thought of like those, those keywords. Holy cow. Like I missed the boat, you know, cause there's so yeah. many of them. You think you know them, but you don't until you start Absolutely. actually looking at
1: what are people typing in you know automatic PPC campaigns are one of the best way to uh, harvest keywords. yeah, I, I would often
0: find that you know you start out with a listing, you launch the product or whatever, and over time your listing will morph keyword wise totally over you know the span of the next few weeks or months or whatever, based on again, just those PPC reports alone. So I think Absolutely. that's extremely valuable information as well.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I I kind of was lumping that in with tools when I was thinking about it. I was just thinking like organically doing the research. But yeah, absolutely use automatic campaigns uh, and you know those kind of things to find those keywords. Be sure to be sure to be optimizing based on that. It's so funny because it's it's data that you've paid for, right? Like there's no not going to be any more accurate data to tell you how your listing's doing, what keywords are actually working for your product than that data that you're paying for. So it's just like. Well, that'd be dumb not to include those in your listings and to go back and refine your listings based on those.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, you
1: paid for the data. Use it, right? (laughs) Exactly. There are a few times that Amazon will give you that kind of data. So when you get it, you got to use it. Excellent. So you mentioned scope. Now, I'm all
0: about making things easy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do a lot of this business by hand. But there's so many great tools out there to essentially what save us time and and help us do things easier. And mm-hmm. you mentioned Scope, so that's your guys' software. I know it's really popular to help us. I, I, as far as I gather, it's going to help us find all the keywords that are relevant to the listing, so that we can accurately craft the, the best listings.
1: Correct? Totally. So we'll help you find uh, and 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 track over time the keywords that your competitors are ranking for, and we just kind of give you some estimates based on those, so you can kind of understand the value of the market and. The like priority to put those keywords in and obviously it's a tool right like there, are are gonna be things that you find when you run those automatic campaigns uh, as far as like which ones are gonna actually work for your product but it's to help you figure out like okay well of my top 10 competitors five of them have this keyword phrase in the top and you know and there's in their subject line so that's probably a pretty important keyword uh, that I need to be focusing it on
0: okay. Excellent. Excellent. So I want to transition now to everybody's favorite topic. That's pay-per-click. I, I, you know, (laughs) there's never been a a more wild time in pay-per-click than there is right now. Oh Um, man. There's so much going on with it. And I feel like if, if I were a brand new seller, I'd just be going, what the heck? Like, yeah, it's intimidating. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to know. And it's, I mean, the platform has come so, so, uh, such a long way I remember early days it was pretty much just broad match, like everything was just basic and you know auto campaigns that was really all you kind of had to do or mm-hmm. you know now it's just evolved over time and you know obviously uh you know it's a little daunting if you're a newer seller and it's a, it's a big time commitment, but yeah, you know my i kind of I kind of have these thoughts like I used to think um I used to know a huge percentage of Amazon sellers or private labelers years ago yeah. weren't even using Paper click. And yeah. to me, that was just kind of crazy. But as we're in 2019, you know, we seen everything kind of evolve, like the, the whole platform for PPC is just, as we're talking about, evolved dramatically to give us yeah. more options. Um, you know, is it going to be hard for sellers to compete effectively going forward in the Amazon space if they're not using PPC?
1: Yes, absolutely. Like full stop. If you're not running PPC right now, then you're running behind and you're not fully optim you're not hitting the maximum sales velocity that your products could be making. Okay. That's just that's just a, a fact in 2019. And it's only going to be more true going forward.
0: Okay. So we just need to keep it at that. So it's yeah. Period so, end so of story.
1: Yeah, period end of story. And like to back that up a little bit, um, Rico did this great um this great study looking at Amazon. So just search uh, Recode, R-E-C-O-D-E, uh, and then search Amazon advertising. And there's just great visuals where they highlight uh, in red the amount of advertising on every on all these different Amazon searches. And what you find is the first results for basically any phrase on Amazon are always going to be advertising. And then sometimes it's even down to the fold which is where the page break is and you have to scroll down below on some keywords, it's down to the fold that you have advertising. So you even if you're ranking organically and ranking organically still matters and it's still important, but even if you're ranking organically, you're still not competing at the top level. You're still not getting the clicks and the views and the impressions that you were getting previously in 2015 when no, like like, like, like when you said nobody was running advertising, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're not you're not even if you're the most optimized you can be, you're still going to be losing uh, page page views because you're not advertising. So
0: all of these new capabilities that the Amazon's has kind of blessed us with the past few yes. months and beyond, um, talking about different placement options, different targeting options. I haven't checked today, but maybe they got some new stuff. I don't even know. Like it's just (laughs) been kind of like a a firestorm there. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts and experiences? Like, what are you seeing? Um, what's working? What's, what, what should we know about?
1: Yeah. So there's, you know, all these new, new placement options where you can, uh, bid to show up higher on a, um, either top of search or on a listing page. And you can basically, uh, multiply it's kind of replacing bid plus is what it is so that's what bid, bid plus was allowing you to do beforehand with like behind the scenes and just kind of made it apparent for us um and they're you're able to like say okay i'm willing to go this much over my budget to to show up in those places and you know we we haven't we're doing we're experimenting a, as a company trying to figure out what the best way to use that stuff is and i'm i'm still pretty pretty uh bearish on on wanting to say this this is the exact way you want to use it, because I think for every account it's different, right? And I think what you'll find is uh, with some of those placement reports, you can start to see where your individual product uh, does well, converts well from, you know, and, and where you're making your money from PPC. And I would say just like make small changes from there based on that. Like I don't, uh, you know, there are some people who have suggested doing like a one sit bid and, and bidding 900% or whatever. Uh, based on it to show up at, t- at top of search. Um, but I that's not something that I, I recommend. I haven't done it, um, so maybe it works, but uh, that kind of scares me from a, a budget perspective. Like for, Tyler, as a seller, wouldn't do that, if that makes sense. Uh, because it's like, okay, well, what if I forget and I add change my bid or <laughs> yeah. uh, anything like that? I think that that's like, and maybe that's a strategy that works for some people, but for me, I'd rather build something more sustainable uh and, and just kind of tweak it little by little rather than do something extreme.
0: Gotcha. i the strategy that you mentioned there, I've tried that and it doesn't work for all products. Um, yeah. Some, for whatever reason it, it catches and it's like okay that's kind of cool when you're focusing yeah. specifically on the top placement and yeah. uh, it performs. And I think with anything it's just trial and error. And yeah. you know if you got a handful of products, just try it, you know, and and if it doesn't yeah. work then scale back and do something else. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, seems to work for some people. So I know that's kind of being passed around in the community as far as like the hot thing to do. And, um, what what are your thoughts real quick on like the, the targeting, uh, specific products and targeting categories? Uh, what, what are you seeing there?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that the, the important thing with targeting specific products is the, the, the eye test, right? Does that make sense? So it's, it's like the, it's the same with when the same principle applies to targeting specific products as it does with having p- picking your keywords right where you need to ask yourself especially if you if you're extremely budget conscious you know i don't i don't know in your audience you probably have the whole gamut of people who are uh, pretty nervous about getting started with ppc to running some effective campaigns to are probably spending thousands and thousands of dollars so it's hard to you know everyone's a little different but if you're coming in with a very uh if you're coming in with a very conservative budget and you're trying to get your feet underneath you, um, and you're trying to expand out, you, what you really need to do, especially when targeting specific keywords for your manual campaigns, is to make sure that like you pass the like line of sight test, right? Where it's like, okay, if I'm bidding on, if I'm a battery pack company and I'm bidding against the you know anchor products, right? Uh, I need to look at my product and see. Okay, do, are my images good enough? Are my do I have enough reviews? Do I like am am I going to successfully be able to steal away in quotes a customer from Anchor when I'm up against like sitting directly next to their products? And if the answer is no, then it's probably not worth spending your budget on it, and you could probably be doing it more effectively somewhere else, using that budget more effectively.
0: Gotcha. So having some strategy and some thought placed around what you're doing instead of just blowing a bunch of money and kind of being upset about it later.
1: Totally. Cause like we'd all like, we would all like a slice of Nike's sales, right? Like if we're, if you're an athletic company you're like, Oh yeah, I would love to take 1% of Nike sales away from them. Right? Like, but in reality it's like, okay, well if people search Nike, uh, what are the chances of them being convinced away by your product? And maybe the answer is yes. Maybe you've got a great product, but if you're just launched and you have two reviews uh, that's probably not going to end too well for you.
0: Yeah, you need to have the greatest product on planet Earth, right? Know? And chances are that's probably not going to happen. So yeah, you're just you're just going up against that brand, and they're going to crush you. So right, um, you know, what you, you deal with pay per click a lot. So I'm kind of curious, like, what, what's the anatomy of like a good. Structure for a PPC campaign for a product. I know there's a lot of opinions on this and a lot of thoughts. Yeah. What's yours? Like, what what could you tell the audience? Like, is a good structure to properly execute and manage so that they can drive some sales and uh, kind of have a, a good run with what they're doing on PPC and not not blow too much money.
1: Totally. So you know, every 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 account and every ASIN is is different, but. Here's the general structure that I I like to use and I, I teach, um, you know when I, when I'm giving talks to people is is two campaigns, right? Having you know which it's, is pretty standard, right? Having an automatic campaign and a manual campaign, and you know it's scalable if you if you want to have uh, multiple products in that manual campaign that are like like products. If you have an LCD TV and a plasma TV, like you can have both of those in that same campaign in the manual, but just put them in different ad groups. And so generally. I say, you know, if you want to do the broad phrase exact match in the different ad groups, that's fine. Or if you just want to have one ad group, that's fine as well. And generally speaking, um, I let um, I let the automatic campaign do a lot of my keyword discovery, especially when I'm first starting out. And I I'll, I won't even have a manual campaign at first until I kind of get some of that data. Or if I have a couple keywords that I know I want to focus in on, I'll put those in. But then just use it. I use mostly phrase in the manual campaign. Okay. So I, I don't I, phrase or exact. Um, and the reason is because even if I've moved it over from an uh, auto campaign, I still want to be discovering what those other potential search terms are that I can move over to keywords. Even if I know that it's a winner and I want to, you know, invest more budget into it and move it out. So it's not taking the budget from other discovery. I still want to know what the other versions of that are moving forward and still don't want to take it off by and I don't want to blow the budget of having it in a broad. So like having it in a broad match from from what I've seen, um, I'd rather I'd rather just have the stuff that fits in a broad in, uh, in a auto campaign and keep it phrase and exact on my manual campaigns.
0: Okay. So are you running uh, your advice just to constantly run forever and ever and ever your auto campaigns, or is there a point where you just shut it off? Or are you always just letting it run, finding new new things? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm pretty much always having two campaigns: an auto and a manual. Okay, excellent. You know, I uh, early on when I first got started in all this, you know, the auto campaign was um, the data that you were speaking of was really important, and a lot of it was just because you wanted to make sure that Amazon understood what your product was too, that it knew exactly what was going on. So maybe if you didn't have uh, a very good listing laid out, Amazon wasn't really sure what you were selling, so they're feeding your ads. And you're just eating a lot of budget, and it's you know it's kind of just like a good check and balance when you're initially launching that up. Oh, they understand my product because that's really important. Definitely, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. So, um, what other PPC tips can you kind of give us here as we kind of uh, move on here? Like, is there something else that we need to be aware of, or something that sellers are
1: kind of missing the boat on that uh, you can kind of correct us on? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it really is one of those things that you just need to that's kind of a, a tough question to, to answer to be honest. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, you just need to be checking in consistently and making sure that you're managing it. A lot of the times, a lot of sellers have uh, wasted ad spend that they don't even realize they're wasting just because they're not checking in on it. Um, and not, not being, not willing to set something to negative when it's actually losing.
0: Gotcha. Um, you say checking it off. And so is that like, it could be kind of almost like a daily thing or every few days, right? If you really wanted to, to manage it well. So I know if you go longer than that, you know, you, you, you make a bunch of changes and you don't check it for a week or two. It's like you look back and you're like, oh my God, I wasted hundreds or even more dollars mm-hmm. because uh, you weren't managing it correctly. So I think that's, especially like if, if you have one product, it's pretty easy to manage. But like when you get kind of bigger and you have more and more products, becomes quite the time investment, correct? So like you, you got to make sure you're on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, how how frequently you want to check in varies on your budget, um, and also like uh, the number of products that you have, right? Um, so that's why you want to have these like scalable structures, right, uh, in your advertising campaigns to make sure that you can you can do it uh, in a in a in a good manner. But I generally tell people, you know, you want at least like you know 30 to 60 minutes a week per like campaign to like look into it.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So you guys over there, you crazy kids over at seller labs have something I've used before. It's called ignite. And mm-hmm. that is a huge time saver for, yeah. for pay-per-click, right? Like just a huge time saver. Cause like if you get a bunch of products and you're kind of expanding out and you try to manually run all your campaigns and do all that, it's, it's, as we we're mentioning, it's a pretty big time investment if you want to do it right. Um, now I know that that will assist sellers ignite will assist sellers in essentially kind of helping them, helping them run their campaigns correctly. So like what, would uh, what should excite customers about ignite for PPC?
1: Yeah. So I'm one of the coolest things about ignite is the suggestions that it gives you. And so it's kind of taking some of that stuff that we were just talking about about being able to go in and optimize and, uh, run campaigns and like be able to figure out which ones you need to move from, uh, from broad to phrase or phrase to exact, um, and or exact to, to phrase or from auto to a manual campaign and it helps you figure it out like it gives you suggestions that are automated that says hey uh you should you should do this because of these facts and so it's taking all that research that you would have done um and actually and actually like giving you suggestions and, and enabling you to do that in a couple clicks instead of you know a couple hours of research
0: excellent excellent so I want to transition now to something really fun here. And this is the like the the, the messaging and feedback system inside of Amazon. So um, sellers might be aware if they've been selling on Amazon for any particular period of time that a lot has changed with that system in terms of like Amazon allowed, I don't know, what was it like two years ago, a year and a half ago, they allowed customers to unsubscribe to our follow-up messages. I, I think that was about a year and a half to two years ago, right? Yes. Maybe yeah. Yeah. That. It's about a year
1: and a half. Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah.
0: So over time, the, um, the, the feedback and follow up system inside of Amazon that sellers use, like we needed to kind of shift our strategy a little bit. Cause if we're getting less attention and less eyeballs from customers, we had to kind of be better with that. So basically what are some, what are some general tips to make sure that our messages that we're sending out are actually getting opened and read. Okay. So we we're going through the time to set them all up, you know, so that when a customer buys a product, we have these messages go out. W- what can we do to make sure that we're getting in front of the customer in that respect?
1: Yeah, so I think that the the most important thing is is being engaging, right? It's having information that uh, you know that you're you're not bearing the lead, that you're providing relevant information and putting the customer first, right? Providing actual customer service and giving them things that they care about, you know, again, like writing to the person who's actually viewing your, your email. Okay. And so that's like the biggest tip I can give you is like, make something that's engaging. Do you
0: have any uh, tips for like subject lines to make? Cause that's obviously the, the most critical thing, right? Like you can have a totally. great, you could have great copy and a great message in there, but they're not clicking. They're not interested from that subject line. Like everything else is for not. So like how, what are some good subject lines that you know of?
1: Yeah, totally. So um, you can anything that you can do that includes your product name helps. Right. So having your product name, not your brand name or your seller name, but the actual product name, uh, if you can include their name in it, that always helps as well. Providing value, of course, and, you know, saying things like your, uh, you know, the user manual and tips or things like that, providing value to them in that way is can always helps with the the open rate and and click through rate. you know, anything like that where you can just like including making it personalized in any way you can is going to help. So having your name, the their name, uh, asking a question, um, that all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I'd recommend is just is test. So testing different subject totally. lines. You know, you're going to get different results. You'll be able to see the different open rates and things like that. Um, You know, and once they do open that message, you mentioned uh, actually bringing value, right? So not just immediately out the gate, beating them over the head, asking for feedback or review or something, or, you know, demanding that they take some sort of action, trying to trying to give them actual value. So um, one of the things I know that works well for me, for one of my brands is um, telling my brand story, right? So, right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, I know that you'd be on board with that. So that that's, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Like why that would be important?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the reality of it is like, you know, and, and that, that people want to connect with you, right? Like if someone's opened your email, they want to be wowed by what you're saying. So if you can tell your brand story and help them relate, and especially if it's something that you have, if you've got an, and in, in, um, Engaging story, or if you have a compelling story, then that that really helps. Like, um, and you know, and some people that's like, well, okay, if I sell a spatula, that doesn't really help me. But you know, you can find some fun way to do it. Maybe you include recipes or do something like that. But if you can tell your brand story, that helps them not only uh, not only appreciate their product and potentially want to leave you a review, but it also helps like cement you in their minds for next time they want something and say, oh, I wonder if they've got this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the things that you can always find a story somewhere. So it could be, oh, we're uh, you know small family business, or we're from right. this state, or you put, you know, bring out some personal stuff there, or, um, you know, we do work with this charity or this organization or whatever. Totally. Um, there's always something you can put out there that will hook the customer no matter what your product is. And, absolutely. and I get, and I've shared this with my audience before, but I get a lot of customers replying to my messages saying that they enjoyed reading the email. Like that's kind of weird, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's,
1: that's, that's, great though.
0: Yeah. You know, Hey, I, you know, they, I, they resonated with something I put in there, you know, from like a personal perspective. Um, so I think that that's really important because again, you want to hook them with, you know, engaging content and story. And, you know, I was at, uh, we were talking about the traffic and conversion summit and I went to one of the panels was about email and, uh, I forget the name of the speaker, but, she does uh she trains people on on email and and businesses and things like that and consults and, and and her number one thing that i took or took away from from listening to her was it's all story it's mm-hmm. it's everything is crafted around stories yep and uh you know how many emails do you get a day a lot well how many do you actually right. open very few exactly what are the ones that you're actually opening and reading It's usually because they're interesting and you know there's value included so Do you find as well, um, this is kind of a basic tactic here, but do you find as well, like just including like, you know, a PDF for a recipe guide you mentioned, like, is that going to kind of go the extra way for them
1: to be excited about us? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it depends on the customer base, right? Like anything you can do to provide value is, is meaningful, right? And it might not be, you know, it it doesn't mean you're going to take your open rate to a hundred percent, but I mean, like if you can provide that extra little step, then that goes a big way, a bit, a big, a big difference. So maybe, maybe, maybe that doesn't move the needle, but maybe something else small moves the needle. And so you're just playing that, that, that game where if you can increase it from, uh, you know, increase your open rate by like two or 3% by doing that, like that's probably worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now one of the things just to kind of, kind of plug into that a little bit more, I I think I mentioned this to the audience, but in the past, I uh, I include with one of my brands a, a like a training guide PDF, and mm-hmm. it's, or it's an ebook or whatever you want to call it, and it's kind of just this added value. There's no, nothing expected on my end, so there was like this just a pure value give, and you know I've gotten I, I think I've create I got that created off of like Upwork some years ago, mm-hmm. and again it's just pure value added, and the amount of Traction and and uh, longevity. I still get off of just giving that away to everybody that wants it uh, is huge. I get a lot of comments again, like, "Wow, you actually you know did all this and gave this to us for free." That's pretty impressive, you know. And mm-hmm. I think you know what you were saying is that, and we are talking about is it goes a long way for them to think about us again anytime they need something else, you know, on Amazon, totally, or whatever. Like if we sell a multitude of products, to sell you know our different brands or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Related products and things like that. So one of the things I've been preaching to my my audience is, you know, I, I take a look at like a lot of my customer uh, orders and I see customers that have purchased for me three, four, five, six different times. Right. Beyond. Right. And I'm just like, all right, that's pretty cool. Right. Because yeah, that's powerful. So, they have so many different options when they go on Amazon. You know, like, who are you? You're just some brand mm-hmm. or some guy. But if you can kind of connect on all these different points the, you know, their average lifetime value of that customer can,
1: can go through the roof. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that, that's the key right there. And it's, and you, and you don't, you don't establish that by just asking for a review, right? That's, I mean, you know, the review is, is, is bonus on top, but like you said, the, the value there is them coming back over and over again because they've related to your brand.
0: So, I guess if I'm a listener now, I might ask the obvious question: What's Tyler's take on how many uh, follow-up emails should you know should we be sending today?
1: Yeah. So, I would say we, our our general our general policy is that you should only be sending one to two emails uh, per order. Um, you know, there with you know it's it's one of those things where think about what the think about the customer experience from from their end and Amazon has shown time and time again the thing they care about most is the customer experience. Um, and so if you're selling a $10 iPhone case, you don't want to receive 18 emails about it, right? So I like think, think about that from their end is, is the big thing and kind of, kind of separate yourself from that. And so our, our take is that, you know, you don't want to email them more than once or twice.
0: Okay. So obviously uh, Amazon's already emailing them as well. Right, and I think people forget that mm-hmm. that they're doing all of their. I don't know. It depends too. Amazon will even ask the customer for a review as well or feedback, and you yeah. know, yeah, your order's going out, so you kind of have to keep that in mind.
1: But yeah, so statistically, statistically speaking, the first time you cold email someone, you have a sixty three percent chance of them opening that email. Uh, if they don't open that first email and you email them again, it drops to the low thirties on the chance that they're going to open it. And this is not make a call to follow a call to action. This is open the email. Even, uh, if you send a third email after those first two emails go unopened, uh, it drops to a below 3% chance they're going to open it. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's, uh, that's what you're looking at. So it's like really, if they don't answer the first two, then you're just kind of What's the point?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then the one that the one guy that does open the third one is mad. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I bought a spatula from this guy. Why does he keep bothering me? You know?
1: Yeah. And I think that that's I think that that's one of the things with the email opt out that that is commonly overlooked as well is like, uh, you know, I was ecstatic the day that they announced that you could opt out of emails. And a lot of us here at uh, at Seller Labs were because the reality of it is like those people were never going to respond positively to you anyway right? Like they, they, chances are that people who have opted out, were never going to leave you a positive review. And so we've just kind of gotten them out of the way. We've kind of cut out a lot of the bad negative customer service experiences that you're going to have, uh, from people emailing you and being angry or leaving you a negative review because you sent them an email. Like a lot of those people just kind of have self-selected them out.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It's a good way of looking at it. I, I would figure for, for you guys or with, you know, feedback genius, you guys be like, Oh, but if you're looking at it from a positive light, yeah, that makes makes total sense. Totally. Um, now, Feedback Genius. So you so you know what I got in this game a long time ago. You know, just like you have, and I think uh, Feedback Genius is kind of like one of the original softwares, really, for yeah. a lot of sellers. Like you guys have been around for it feels like an eternity at this point in terms yeah, of yeah, we're just, pretty OG. Yeah, you guys are OG, definitely. So you guys. So what what is Feedback Genius to somebody that is just getting involved in all this?
1: Yeah, so Feedback Genius is an automated messaging tool. And so what it essentially allows you to do is reach out to customers who have purchased from you on Amazon uh, and ask them for a seller feedback or a review. Um, and then also help you build your brand like we were kind of talking about earlier, provide you that avenue where you can reach out to customers and say, hey, uh, you know, this is who we are. This is our business. Um, this is, you know, why reviews matter to us. This is why feedback matters to us. And reach out to them in a personalized we do, we automate all the, the product names and, you know, their names and all of those things. We help you customize it and send it out in an automated manner.
0: Yeah, definitely. So if you guys are, for all the listeners out there, if you're selling on Amazon and you're, you're trying to build a brand or whatever, and you don't have any sort of follow-up or feedback system in place, you got it at bare minimum, get started on that. Absolutely. Um, You know, as even if it's, it's really just like we were talking about. It's about building your business up, telling your story. If you kind of look at it in those terms, that's really important. And if you do get reviews out of it, or you do get feedback out of it from those messages going out, just consider that icing on the cake. So totally. that's just kind of the way I look at it. Everybody should be running this. I know that was one, that's the first thing. I, one of the first things I did is like, all right, I need to try out some of these uh, feedback services here and start experimenting because they are still very, very valuable in my opinion. So, yeah, I agree.
1: And I, and you know, we, there's a ton of value that you can provide to both your business and, and your building your brand in by using it.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
1: So, um, Tyler, I'm kind of about
0: ready to wrap this up here. Um, what have, have we kind of glazed over anything too quick that maybe you want to kind of cover again or anything else that we, uh, should, should talk about for the audience before we, uh, before we part ways here?
1: No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's all that I, I had on in mind. I'm sure I could go, you know, I could give you an hour session on, on each of those topics. They're kind of, uh, also broad and, you know, can be as deep as you want them to be. But I think that, I think that's a good place to start. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. What I, what I'd probably like to do is have you
0: back on. We talk more specifically probably about like pay-per-click
1: because oh, absolutely. Uh, I
0: agree that I think there's so much happening with it and it's so important. And, uh, I, you know, obviously want to wait for more data and, and, information on my end and I'm sure you do as well, but some of these new options that we have. And so that way we can kind of communicate to the audience, like this is what's up, this is what's going on. And here's how you can use pay-per-click currently with what they're offering us to really drive your business. So I think we could probably set something like that up in the near future. Absolutely. I would love that. Excellent. So how can people find you, Tyler? How can they find you online? So obviously uh, you're part of Seller Labs, but do you have another way for people to get a hold of you if they have any additional questions or comments or concerns?
1: Yeah, sellerlabs.com is always great and that's a great avenue to do that. Um and we can there's a little question box in the bottom right corner and if you want to hit that and have a question for me, you can ask me there. Um if you want to find me on LinkedIn, um on LinkedIn as well. Um and then if you go to sellerlabscom com slash PL show. Uh, you should be able to, uh, see what we got there as well for you. Okay. So yeah, guys, I'll put all the
0: links for everything in the show notes. So I'm going to break down the episode in the show notes as well. So check that out. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Would love to have you back. I think the audience got a lot of very valuable information for you and we look forward to talking to you in the near future.
1: Awesome, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, wow. That was a lot of really great
0: information in that conversation with Tyler. What I want to do now is just quickly recap a few of the key points from the episode. So here's kind of what stuck out for me. Tyler was really clear when he said, you know what? If you want to succeed on Amazon, not just in this current market, but going forward, you have to treat things as a real business. If you're kind of half in, half out, you're kind of just lollygagging it. Like You're going to get mediocre results at best. If you want the best results, you got to treat this as a serious business, okay? And kind of getting into, this is I thought was really important too. Um, When we were talking about creating your listing and optimizing your listing, Tyler said, make sure that before you even really start going at it, that you sketch out the persona or the avatar of who your customer is, okay? So like demographics, like how old are they, where do they live, um, a little bit about them, hobbies, background, whatever, like the whole general makeup of demographics and then get in there and figure out how do they talk or how does this customer use certain words and things like that. So when you're crafting your listing, you're speaking specifically to a targeted customer, okay? Not general, but very, very specific. So create an avatar of your customer, very, very important. And then also we talked about building up your brand through the follow-up messaging system, by adding value, telling your brand story, all that stuff is really important. And if you do that effectively, you're gonna have customers coming back to you again and again and again. So as mentioned, Seller Labs guys graciously offered a 15% discount off their software, so just go to sellerlabs.com forward slash Show. And then use the code PLSHOW at checkout to take advantage, okay? And again, visit privatelabelershow.com forward slash 117, where you're going to get a detailed breakdown of the rest of the episode. So visit the show notes there. And yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll talk to you later.
1: This episode of the Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.